Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. We just had quite literally every technical difficulty you could possibly (laughs) run into trying to get set up for this episode, but here we are, ready for you. And I'm Anya. Yeah. And I'm Kylie. And I'm going to admit, I'm feeling very overstimulated right now. And I've felt overstimulated since like 3.30 today. Yeah. So I fear I'm just going to like crash. Yeah. (laughs) And we still have to go to dance after this. So wish us luck. But... I guess we want to do a quick recap of our Spotify wrapped because that came out on the day that we're recording this. Not our personal wrapped, although we can do that if you're curious, but I figured we could talk about the podcast stats because Mm -hmm. we get special podcaster stats about all you Spotify listeners. So keep in mind, this is just Spotify, um, but we were listened to in 60 countries and Mm -hmm. the top five were the US, Canada, Germany, Japan, and Taiwan. Shout out to whoever is listening from Taiwan. I know. Love that. I feel like a decent amount of people. I are mean, if they made the top Taiwan, five, if they're in the top five. <laughs> so random. It's not like, like one wow. person, you know? So that's what love I'm our saying. Taiwanese I'm listeners. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to you guys. Um, um, and then we were shared, we were in the top 10% of most shared podcasts. And it says that 71% is through direct link. So I don't know if that's people sending the link to each other. I don't really know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. But thanks. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, shout out. And then 2% WhatsApp. Yeah. I'm well, like, that's how you is know there a WhatsApp foreign. channel? That's, <laughs> that's how you know that we have international listeners because no one in the U.S. really uses WhatsApp. True. That's true. Um, what I thought was really cool is we had 490 people who had our podcast as one of their top 10. Mm-hmm. And then 215 people had it in their top five and 30 people had it as their number one podcast. We should have an exclusive party that only those 30 people are invited to. And yeah. then it's like motivation to get on the list for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Toxic. Come on, guys. What are you doing? I'm like to the – what is it? The I don't, ultra like, I guess it – yeah. The ultra hotties. <laughs> oh, that's really fun. Yeah. The supermodels, some even yeah. – some may say. Yeah. And then lastly, we had uh, – it covered like our podcast gains. So we put out um, – how many hours we put out? I, I, I think thought it said that somewhere. It was like 2,500 minutes, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Of content. Um, we mm-hmm. are up 164% for streams, 143% for listeners, and 105% for followers. So love that. However, only 17% of people that listen actually follow us. So take a second and go hit the follow button because you'll be updated when new episodes come out. And I don't know. It's not – we were talking about how it's not really a thing to like follow podcasts that you like. But I'm like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I I think you should do it. I'm a little biased, but I think you should do it. Why not? It's free. Having 17% of our listeners follow us puts us in the top 10% of most followed podcasts. So riddle me that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. Well, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I won't get into my personal Spotify wrapped other than to say that all of my songs were from Harry's house. So mm-hmm. four out of five of mine were, and the one that wasn't is the song that I'm choreographing <laughs> to and yeah. I'm obligated to listen to. So yeah. We love that for us. Too funny. But yeah, it was good. Check out your Spotify wrapped so, uh, if you haven't. Best time of year. It is. I kind of thought it was later. I kind of thought it would be in December. Well, we're recording this on I November 30th. So. I guess it's pretty close, but anyways, this week's episode, what are we talking about? Well, we are talking about quarter life crises. Is that the plural of crisis? crises. Crises. Uh, If you don't know, Anya and I turned 25 in the last month or so, which means that inevitably we started questioning our entire identities and life trajectories. No, that's a little dramatic. Not that dramatic, though, at least for me. I won't speak for you. (laughs) I'm always questioning my identity and my trajectory. Anyways, if you are are having a quarter-life crisis or if you're at a point where you're just feeling a little stuck or 
really like reflecting on where you see your life going, what your five-year plan, dare I say, may look like. I feel like that's something that people think about at the end of the year, regardless of whether mm. they're going through a quarter-life crisis. So that's true. this episode's just to reflect a little bit on what a quarter-life crisis is, how you can sort of identify the like triggers of it, and some useful tips and tricks to get through it and give yourself a bit more of a sense of direction and purpose and all that jazz. You know we love direction and purpose on the Two Degrees Hotter podcast. We do. That we do. So before we get into all of that, we're going to start with our segments and kick it off with the Week in Review. So I'm not going to lie. I feel like this week hasn't been that great. Not that great for me. Nothing – I mean, there – there's nothing like major in particular, I guess, but uh, I just feel like I've been really stressed out for like two reasons. One being that my boyfriend Grant, who I live with, has been really, really sick with like an unknown illness, mm-hmm. and it's not COVID. Um, he's been tested twice on rapids, once on a PCR. It's not COVID, but it's like almost worse that we don't know because it's like the weirdest mix of symptoms, and he's so, so sick, and I feel so bad. And I'm like trying to be helpful, but I have such like health anxiety that it's really hard for me to be helpful without like freaking out. So that's been challenging and we'll probably have to reschedule our Christmas party as a result. <laughs> um, and then the, it is tragic. And then the other thing is, is um, like, I just feel like for work, like as I'm watching the calendar, like inch towards December and like being close to the end of the year, I just feel like there's so many things that I like said I would work on in Q4 that like I haven't gotten around to yet or like aren't at the place that I would want them to be yet. And I like started to to think about my annual review and like if I could check off a lot of the goals that I set. And it's like, I feel like there's just so much on my list every day. Like I'm like not taking my own advice that I shared like a couple months ago where I was saying like, I'm trying to keep like three priorities for the day. It's like, I have a list and I like look at it first thing and I feel pretty good about it. And then like I'll look at it again at 4 p.m. And I'm like, wait, I didn't get like anything that I wanted to done. (laughs) It just keeps happening. It's like happened for like three days in a row. And it's just like I hate that feeling. And you look at the next day and you're like, all right, when can I slot this in tomorrow? And then you put on your calendar and you're like, God knows if I'll do it at that time. So, yeah, I don't know. Weird vibes. And it's raining really heavily right now. So you might hear that, too. I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, I don't know. Very stressy. I originally had like that I was like excited about the holidays and like getting into the spirit, but that's just like not true for me today. So just being honest. Yeah. Thanks for the transparency, bestie. <laughs> um, in the name of transparency, I wouldn't say I'm having a bad week. Like my week has overall been fine. But yeah, today today's not it. The vibes mm-hmm. are off today specifically. Um, and I don't know if it's just the weather it's the middle of the week, which I feel like is always when I'm like peak depressy because I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, I have to keep going for two more days. And just like other things going on that I don't necessarily want to talk about on the podcast, but now I'm like stressed about. And like I said, I just feel like I've been like overstimulated and haven't had a second to like stop my brain. So I don't like that. I I, I need a little break every now mm-hmm. and then. Re- recharge the battery, you know? So. That that's a recap of my day. But from a, a week in review perspective, I actually have been feeling a lot more motivated to work out. I think I've talked a lot about how like I was in a little bit of a slump with working out. I just like was not prioritizing it, wasn't in the mood for it. And that's fine. Like I don't think you should for- force yourself to work out if you're not feeling it or if you have other things that you're prioritizing like that's sort of the fundamental of like working out isn't a punishment. It's a, it's something you do for yourself. And I think mm-hmm. if you're really not feeling it or if there's other things that you want to do for yourself more, then it's okay to take a break. But I have just recently been really motivated to take some Peloton rides. I've been doing a little Pilates, um, got into a little bit of strength training. Like I've just, I've, I've been in the mood. I've been like, oh, I kind of, I want to work out today. Like, let me find the time. To fit it in. And that's been really nice because I do feel good when I'm moving my body. Mm-hmm. And I especially when I'm moving my body in the ways that I want to and not in the ways that I feel like I should. I always fall down those TikTok rabbit holes that are like, if you start Pilates today, mm-hmm. in a week 
you'll you'll feel see it. it or feel yeah I know yeah <laughs> and I'm just like shit I have to start Pilates but it's like if that's not what I'm in the mood for then I'm not gonna do it like if I if I say to myself I want to work out today oh I should do Pilates because in a week I'll feel it and in a month I'll see it and mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 I'm I'm just I end up not doing it like I'm not I unfortunately am not disciplined enough yeah mm-hmm. I'm more of an intuitive exerciser so. It's been nice to have a little bit of that intuition back and really listen to my body and what I want to do and what I don't want to do and all of that. So yeah, that it feels good to have a grip on that. I feel like everything else is slipping out from under me, but you know, <laughs> we got to have one thing. <laughs> Love that. I uh, am not on my traditional workout grind, but I have really been on my ballet class grind. I've already been to two this week. It's only true. Wednesday. Love that for me. So true. Look at you go. So, oh, I thought of one other thing I could add for this week. Um, William and Kate are going to be at my work tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wait, yes. Yeah. Can't wait to hear about that in next week's week. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to go, honestly. I feel like I should, but it you seems like it's going to be – it seems like it's going to be such a, like, security-heavy endeavor and, like, you're not – we're not well, yeah. even going to, like, get close to them. Like, we might be able to like stand on like our balcony situation and look, but like maybe not even, and we're not allowed to take any pictures. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. We'll see. But I say, if you can swing it, why not? Yeah. They said there's going to be a canine uh, sweep for like a certain time of day. And it's funny because one of the companies, I work at an incubator for startups, and one of the companies is like a cannabis related company. <laughs> and so I'm like, what are the dogs going to think of that? We'll see. True. Very true. (laughs) All right. Let's get into our favorites. So I have two favorites this week. The first one is White Lotus season two. If you guys remember a couple, eh, probably like two months ago at this point, I watched the first season and I freaking love this show. It's so uncomfortable and like, you're just on edge for like no reason the whole time. It's like the best way I can describe it. Like there will be these things happening that are just like not that intense. Like people will just be like having a conversation around dinner or something, but the music and like the energy and just like the way that they transition the scenes and stuff like literally makes you feel like you're going to throw up because it's like so intense. Um, And it's good so far. I haven't finished all the episodes that are out, but I think we have like two left. I'm watching it with Grant and it's really good. I can't tell which season I like better yet. The first one was in Hawaii. This one's in Italy. Um, But I was thinking it would be iconic if they had like a white lotus, like a New England white lotus for season three, Mm -hmm. like on like Nantucket or like Martha's Vineyard or something. I feel like that would be such a good vibe. So HBO, hit me up. Um, Yeah. And then my other favorite is something that Kylie and I both have, and I'll link it in the description. We got little mechanical timers specifically little shroom timers so they look like little mushrooms and they're so cute and i've been using mine for like the pomodoro technique um so like i set it to 20 minutes and once it runs out i have five minutes to like take a break or go get tea or go to the bathroom whatever and then i set it for 20 minutes so um my only complaint is that the alarm is like actually kind of startling like it's loud (laughs) and really long so i kind of wish it was a little gentler uh, but you can't do anything about that because it's mechanical. But it's okay. It really jolts you out of focus and into relaxation. Yeah. So, Yeah. I used it while cooking salmon because my oven doesn't have a like clock or a timer on it. So I was like, I can actually use this as God intended it mm-hmm. as a timer for food, I imagine. Um, I haven't used it for the Pomodoro effect yet. I've actually weirdly had like a meeting heavy mm-hmm. week and just haven't thought to use it, but maybe I'll use it tomorrow. Tomorrow's pretty open for me, so I can have a lot of focus time. Mm-hmm. Assisted by the shroom. Yeah, assisted by the shroom. Also, can you hear the rain? I can't, no, but I can hear my own. Oh my god. It's like crazy. Yeah, it's really not making me want to leave. Yeah. Amen to that. Um. So for my favorite... I treated myself on Black Friday and got the Skims. I'm saying PJs. They're tech. I think Skims sells like actual like labeled PJs, but I got the boyfriend boxer shorts and the oversized boyfriend tee. I got two colors, so like two sets. 
um, that I intend to wear as pajamas. And I'll be honest, I was always curious about Skims. I It's expensive, mm-hmm. so I just never took the plunge. But they had a decent sale. It wasn't the best, but I was like, okay, well, this is definitely on sale. I've wanted to try it, so I might as well, you know, take the plunge and buy them. And they're really nice. <laughs> they are so soft and cozy and just, yeah, I like immediately was like, crap, I get it. I want to buy more. Yeah. I'm like, Kim, you got me on this one. And listen, I'm a Kim Kardashian stan. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I love her. I do. So I'm here to support. I've had my eye on a couple of other things and I may just take the plunge mm-hmm. and buy some more because listen, the girls that get it, get it. And now I get it. I didn't mm-hmm. get it, but now I do. And I want more. And they're just really cute. Like I feel cute in them and cozy. Yeah. Big fan. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I, th- I Dare I say they're worth the price. Mm. There. I said it. Good said to it. know. Yeah, yeah. I'm still really interested in the – I forget what it's called, but like the the maxi dress, like the lounge dress yeah. that everyone has. Yeah. So that might be I'll, my next. Maybe I'm convinced. We'll see. Yeah. I will also say I had watched a couple of like reviews of Skims and everywhere was saying like size up like mm-hmm. on everything. So I tend to teeter. I like take either a smaller or a medium depending. And at this point I shop consistently at places where I know whether or not I'm a smaller or medium at those stores. But I figured I would get the medium from Skims because everyone was saying, oh, size up, size up. And at least – for the shorts, because I got the shirts in a large because I knew I wanted those to be really big. Um, but for the shorts, I think I could have gotten a small and they mm. would have fit fine. So Maybe people mean more for like the shapewear. Maybe. Yeah. Because I know a lot of their stuff is like suck you any. Yeah. Which truthfully, I'm not super interested in the shapewear. No, me neither. Not my vibe. I'm just like, yeah. I'm like – if. I don't like, want to wear this something. Is, this is my body. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, I don't want to – I wouldn't wear something that – I had to constrict myself to feel comfortable in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm, if the worst thing that happens is my little lower belly pooch shows, then that, yeah. that's fine. At least I'm comfortable. The only time that I get it is like I've seen people do it in silk dresses to like um, cover their belly button because you know how sometimes you can like oh, see that. Yes. I get that. But otherwise, I'm like, meh. It's but fine. I'm like a short could do that. Like a spandexy short will cover your belly button. I'm just like, listen – this is – I'm not fooling anyone. This is the body that I have, okay? This mm-hmm. is what it's going to look like and at least I can breathe Yeah, in it. True. So – but to each their own. No no shade to the shapewear wearers out there. <laughs> shape wearers. <laughs> Justice for shape wearers. <laughs> All right. We are going to take a quick ad break and then come back for our main episode topic, how to handle a quarter life crisis. If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. 
Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. All right. If you're still listening, you're probably having a crisis, so we're just going to get into <laughs> Welcome. it. Um, first of all, we wanted to talk about like what the definition of a quarter-life crisis is, why we are hypothesized to experience them. So according to the Boston Globe, the quarter-life crisis occurs in one's 20s after entering the quote-unquote real world. Side note, is it quote, unquote, is that what it is? Or quote, unquote? Oh. I always thought it was unquote. Same. Okay. I questioned when I said it. You keep talking. I'll I'll do some research. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Come back. Um, but yeah, some examples would be like after graduating college, moving out of the family home, you know, all things we've probably been through in the last few years if you're listening to this podcast. So common symptoms of a quarter life crisis are often feelings of being lost, scared, lonely, confused, just kind of generally not knowing what steps to take in early adulthood. Um, And, you know, things like unemployment or like picking a career path can be really stressful, living on your own for the first time, learning to cope without your parents' help. Uh, You can feel isolated, you can feel lonely, can cause you to reevaluate your close personal friendships and feel like you've outgrown your boyfriend or your partner. Um, so yeah, it's not a great feeling. It's basically landslide by Fleetwood Mac, um, which I did hear. I feel bad that I don't know her name, but I think like the main singer passed away today of Fleetwood Mac. Oh, no, not the lead then. Um, well, I think there were two lead singers of, there was a girl and a guy. Stevie Nicks is the girl. Um, Christina, Christine McVie. Oh, she was the accordion player. So sad. That is sad. Rip. Uh, So what about the quotes? Yes, I was going to say, for those following along with the quote saga, it is quote unquote. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense because you're like ending the quote. Yeah. So I guess what you should say is quote real world unquote. Unquote. Yeah. I say like- That's the example. I say it first, so I guess I shouldn't do that. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. The example is, quote, there has never been a better time to invest in the commodities market, unquote. Oh, not the commodities market. Yeah. Never been a better time. Anyways, back to the subject at hand. So the Harvard Business Review reported that a quarter-life crisis typically presents itself in four phases. So first, people can feel like they're trapped in some sort of commitment, whether that be in their personal or their professional life. Then they have some kind of separation or loneliness, whether it is moving to a new city, leaving a romantic relationship, uh, changing jobs, whatever it may be. Uh, during this isolation period, they will reflect on where they are in life and perhaps change their plans before exploring new activities, social groups, or career ops, and come out on the other side of the crisis. So one of the major problems with the quarter-life crisis is that people who find themselves in this situation often feel that they have no reason to be struggling because these years are supposed to be fun and relatively easy. Like you always hear your 20s are like the best time of your life when you're in it you're like literally everything's on fire what the hell is happening <laughs> um and consequently either oh my god i cannot speak consequently either they themselves or others in their life may try to brush off the problems that they are experiencing which as we know never does any good <laughs> yeah and i feel like you know i i think my life is like pretty good right now but whenever i hear people that are like Oh, the twenties are like your peak. I'm like, really? Like, I it's depressing to think that it, later on in my life, this is going to be my peak. Like, you mean it? Yeah, I, I feel like it can't be. Though, <laughs> I would argue I've I've heard the opposite. Oh, really? I've heard. Yeah, I hear thirties and forties mm-hmm. are like your peak. Yeah, People I've, think I've, that your twenties is your peak. But it's I've not seen actually. that TikTok sound that's like talking about your thirties and how like you're financially stable and like actually know who you want to be and stuff and i'm like oh yeah that sounds nice i think i think there's a lot of beauty in figuring out who you want to be and sort of 
the path that it takes you on. And maybe that's why people look at their 20s mm-hmm. with like a lot of fondness. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, fondness. <laughs> Nostalgia. Um, yeah, but I think I definitely think while you're in it, it's literally like the scene from SpongeBob where he's running around and all the files are on fire. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, <laughs> I don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. So as far as ways to handle, we're going to get into some techniques for you to explore. And then we're also going to talk through some journaling prompts for you to consider yourself. And we're going to answer them for you. So one way to kind of navigate and handle a quarter life crisis is to become a quote, thoughts and feelings detective, unquote. I used it right that time. Yeah. Um, Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Because it's really hard to get a grip on where your life is going if you don't acknowledge kind of where you're at in the present moment, your thoughts, your feelings, kind of like your baseline. So maybe journaling, maybe just thinking through on like a nice long walk, kind of like, do do you like your job? What aspects do you like and which ones would you like to change? Does the current place that you live bring you joy? What are some places you've always wanted to live and can you budget time to travel there in the next year? How do you feel about the current relationships in your life? All of these types of questions because I feel like sometimes we just kind of are like generally overwhelmed or like gen generally like unhappy but we haven't actually like put Mm -hmm. a feeling put a feeling put a finger on why we have that feeling um so you can even like audit your life take some time each day to map out what you did that day how you made it feel um our YouTube friend Zoe Pritchard and by friend I mean she does not know I exist but I'm a big fan (laughs) um did this thing with like her calendar so she got like a written like wall calendar that was pretty big. But I feel like you could do this with like a desk calendar too. And she had like little symbols for every day. Um, so she had like a like a reading symbol, a water symbol, like just like things for her goals and like how she was feeling. And then it was nice because she could like look on like a month's scale, like how many days did she feel good? How many days did she accomplish things? So, you know, just an idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Then the next one is to start making fearless decisions. So I think your 20s especially, it can become really daunting when you have your whole life ahead of you and you start to make decisions that at least feel like they're going to have a larger, more long-term impact on your life path, your career trajectory, whatever it may be. Um, And sometimes you think about all the possible phases that you could go through in your life or that you want to go through and get really overwhelmed by it. I know, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I know I've talked about it to mm-hmm. you, Anya, about like I see so many possibilities and like phases of my life that I want to go through, but I'm so overwhelmed by them all and I don't know which one I want to go through right now that like I feel this like complete decision paralysis and can't for the life of me decide what I want the next five years of my life to look like. And I, I think that's a really common experience. Like it is really hard to think about what order you want your life to go in and Mm -hmm. adapt to the changes that come with it. Um, So yeah, I I had another train of thought and I lost it. Oh, I found it. Um, I also think a lot of us, and maybe I'm projecting, but I think a lot of us also feel a lot of pressure to like achieve things when you're young. Like there's this weird, like, I don't know. Prodigy. I feel like you – Yeah, <laughs> The yeah. prodigy phenomenon. <laughs> but like you can even think about like the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Like there's a lot of praise that goes to people who achieve things when they're really young that I think it can cause – at least it has in me like a lot of pressure to do everything by the time you're 30 or 35. Mm-hmm. And when you're 25, you realize just how hard that is and also how you can be just as successful – in your life and not achieve everything by the time you're 30. And like that doesn't take away from the successes that you have later on in life. So I think it's really about replacing that fear and, you know, unworking all of those thoughts that you may have and instead looking at this as what it is, which is possibilities that come with making decisions and changes and learning to be really comfortable in the discomfort that comes from choosing something and sticking with it. Hmm. Um. Yeah. And to your point about like the lists and like accolades and that kind of thing, like you could also have the same level of success as someone else, but just like not be necessarily recognized on those types of like forums. And exactly. that doesn't mean it's any like less yeah. valid. Um. And side note, I 
was so confused how I felt like literally like hundreds of people that I knew on LinkedIn were making Forbes 30 under 30. And then I realized it's because it's like, it's 30 in each category and they have like, they have like 10 categories. So I was like, oh, (laughs) I was like, how are all of these people making this? There has to be more than 30, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So kind of on the note of that discomfort and learning to trust that discomfort, we know that when you start making decisions, it can kind of be hard to stick to it, especially when you think about the other paths that you turn down when choosing this one. Um, But remember that most people experience a lot of discomfort and identity shifts in your 20s and something that we talked about a lot when the show first launched and that we like, I think we went through kind of like early in our 20s is like mourning the version of yourself that you thought you would be or like the path that you thought you would be on. But it's really important to practice self-compassion, give yourself the space to explore the life path that's right for you. And for me, like when I was kind of experiencing this when COVID first hit and like our postgrad didn't look how we thought it would, was like, uh, or like when you have to make a big choice or something, something that I find really comforting is like this image of like, okay, the universe, it's like, there's two paths for you and you can pick path A or you can pick path B. Whatever you pick, that other path just like disappears. It doesn't exist anymore. So it doesn't matter what would have potentially been down that path because it's you picked the path that you picked. That was your choice. That was your option. And like now that's the only one that exists and that's the only one that there is to care about. Maybe that's discomfort. Like maybe that's um, less comforting to some people, but to me, I kind of like that, you know, whatever choice I make is the right choice because there quite literally is no other one once I make it. You know what I mean? Like the universe will adapt to the path that you choose. It's not like out to get you or there isn't like some parallel universe where your life is better. Like your life is what you're living. So whatever you pick, you will adapt to, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And like realistically, how many choices in life do you make that like you cannot change yeah. down the line? Like, like yeah, you might Having make- kids is like the one thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah, but that's literally it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, have have some thought before having kids or don't whatever whatever your prerogative is I don't care but that's like literally the only one everything else yeah you may have to stick with it for a year or six months or five years but in the grand scheme of things like that's not much of your life and then after whatever that commitment is if there is a commitment you have the opportunity to make another choice and explore another possibility and another path so I guess the moral of the story is is you have time relax Mm -hmm. and that's me talking to myself Anywho, (laughs) the last one um, is to redefine what success looks like for you. So I feel like we've kind of touched on this as we've been talking, but success isn't uniform no matter what message you get from society um, or what it seems like is success externally. For some, it looks like having a successful career and a family. For others, it's traveling the world. For others, it's investing in relationships so on and so forth. Like it it can be different dependent on every person because it's dependent on your goals. Um, so if your goal isn't to become a parent, then that's not what success is going to look like. Um, in the same way that if your goal isn't to travel, you're not going to consider any travel to be successful. So it really is a very subjective thing. Adam Smiley Pozwalski, is that how you would say that? Uh, Pozwalski? Pozwalski, yeah. Um, So he talks about redefining success in his book, The Quarter Life Breakthrough, beyond just like the workplace, because I think that's where most people tend to think about success is from a career standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, And he asks readers to examine what makes their hearts sing, what makes an impact, how can you pursue a career and a life that matters to you, what's important to you, what would you be proud of accomplishing, how can you reach your full potential, what does your full potential even look like? And what milestones do you want to reach in your life? So really just like getting in tune with – isn't there a quote that's like, be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire? <laughs> Please. Do you know that one? Yeah. But like low-key, low-key. That's kind of <laughs> what he's saying. That's kind of what he's saying. You got to be honest about what what really makes you happy and makes you motivated and and work from there. Yeah, I want to find this this book, Quarter Life Breakthrough by Adam yeah. Smiley Puzwalski. So maybe I'll I love, check it out from the I library. I love that his name is Smiley. Yeah, I know. It's not even in quotes. Yeah. Like it seems like it's actually his <laughs> Yeah. His name. Um 
So for the last portion of this episode, we're going to talk through some journal prompts that we're going to answer live and some that you can kind of think about, noodle on, journal on, think about on a walk, you know the vibes. So these will kind of help alleviate a quarter life crisis by really reflecting on, you know, what your potential would look like if you had no bounds and what things look like right now. So list the best things in your life right now. What have you manifested that brings you lots of joy? So for me, I think some of the best things in my life, and I think that I manifested some of these, um, I have a really good work-life balance right now. I've done a really good job of setting boundaries for myself, especially in a remote environment, uh, to ensure that if I'm doing work outside of the typical nine to five hours, it's because I want to do it and I'm on a roll and not feeling obligated to do so to prevent burnout. Um, I also am very happy with my relationship. I really think that I manifested that boy into my life. I worked hard, ladies. Don't get me wrong. It was it was tough out there for a while, but now I'm very happy um, and I feel very excited about the future of that relationship and, and where it will go. Uh, the work it is still was worth new. it. The work was worth it. Ladies, <laughs> don't settle, okay? Your Prince Charming is out there. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Um, I'm also really happy about the friends that I have in my life. I think, you know, over the years, especially like with college, you get exposed to a lot of different types of people, but then like post-grad is the first time that you really like have to make tough decisions about what relationships you're going to nurture and who you're going to make the effort to see and keep in contact with. And I'm very happy with the people that I have nurtured those relationships for. I think I have a really strong group of friends in my life. Um, I'm very happy that I brought dance back into my life and joined the company that Anya and I are a part of. It's been really cool to have that be part of my every week routine. Uh, and then my living situation. I love the apartment that I live in. I love the neighborhood that I live in. I have a really great roommate um, and friend that I'm doing it with. And yeah, it's just been really good. I would say overall, a lot more good things than bad things in my life right now, which I feel very lucky to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll notice that I feel like our responses for these are pretty similar for like all the journaling prompts. Um, But yeah, first of all, I agree about dance. I think I've mentioned this in a prior episode. I don't remember which one, but for a long time, I was like feeling like I had to find a replacement for the things that I did when I was younger or like the hobbies that I enjoyed when I was growing up. Um, But I feel like I finally just like latched onto this idea of like, I don't have to stop dancing. You know, we dance through our company. I've been taking these other like adult classes lately. And like there is like an adult hobby community in whatever you're interested in. Like even if you are new to it, like there's like beginner ice skating classes. There's beginner like sewing lessons. Like I've seen so many kind of different opportunities like that and like ways to get involved. So whether it's like getting back into an old hobby that you used to enjoy or like trying something that you've always wanted to try, like I think there's – so much opportunity and it's like taboo to like start something as an adult I feel like um yeah to like not grow up good at something or like to not be a prodigy at something and like start late quote unquote but um you should do it um yeah another thing is the work that I've put into my job I feel like I've had a lot of wins kind of recently with that getting like recognized and paying off um my also my apartment I really love our place and I would buy it if I had the money um (laughs) and living with Grant it's really fun being financially you know stable being financially comfortable and just like getting to travel and and spend money on the things that I like to do like I think it's cool that I'm in a place of like if I want to go on some trip it's like yes I have to budget for it a little bit but like I can pull it off um and yeah like prioritize that so Our next journaling prompt is, what would you do if you won $1 million and had to spend it on yourself? And how can you take baby steps to achieve that same dream without winning the money? I'm like, so you're saying I'm not winning the money? (laughs) (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Um, So the first thing that I would do is I would pay off my student loan debt. Um, I'm very fortunate to not have a crazy amount of student loan debt, but would definitely help to win a million dollars and get that paid off. Um, and pay off both of my credit cards. I really don't have a sig- significant balance on either of my credit cards. I'm kind of of the mindset of I don't use my card unless I ha- already have the money mm-hmm. to pay it off. Um, but 
there's always a little balance on there. So I just get those taken care of because I feel like they always say to settle your debts in moments like this. And then I would probably invest a decent amount of it. I said 50%. I don't I don't know if that's best practice. Um, I've never won any sort of lottery before. So I would consult a financial advisor, honestly, <laughs> is the first thing I would do. Um, but I would want to invest a significant amount of it and then put aside um, some of it for a down payment on a house into a high-yield savings account uh, while I house hunted uh, and then treat myself a little. And then if – uh, or what are some steps that I can take to achieve these same dreams? Um, I can and I do save for my student loan payments in a high-yield savings account um, so that I can make a huge lump sum payment towards them. And I applied and got approved for the debt relief plan once those get through the courts, people. Mm. Uh, but that'll be very nice. Uh, I'm manifesting that that will happen and it'll be fine. And we will I feel like get it has our- to be. Yeah, it literally has to be. I'm like, come on, people. I'm only asking for $10,000 one time. <laughs> a small investment of $10,000. <laughs> um, and then I think I can budget more money each month towards investing. I mean, I have I have an Acorns account, so I'm already like passively investing all of the time. And then I have a Roth IRA um, that I definitely want to contribute more to in the future. I just opened it at a time where like – I started a new relationship and then the holiday season started to kick into gear. So it was just like a naturally higher spending time. Mm -hmm. Um, But ideally, I want to budget more so that I can invest in that more. And then there's nothing stopping me from opening a high yield savings account and just putting a little bit of money where I can in it that could turn into a down payment on a house one day. Um, Because I definitely want to own property at some point in my life. It's just a matter of being able to afford it. But there's no reason I can't start. You know, every little bit counts. Mm-hmm. Might as well start. Our friend Zoe Pritchard on YouTube has a little house uh, high-yield savings account. Oh, does she? Oh, yes. Very validating. Um, yeah, very similarly, I agree that I would pay off the remainder of my student loans. I'm very lucky that I don't have much left and I do have some family members helping me out with it once it's back in, uh, you know, full swing. (laughs) Hopefully not. Hopefully less than full swing. Um, But yeah, so I would do that first and then put a responsible amount into investments. I don't know what that amount is. You said 50%, whatever it would be. I would talk to like someone that knows more than me. Um, Yeah. yeah. And then I would want to immediately buy some cool property. Whether I would live in it immediately, I don't know. But I think it would be cool to buy some cool property that I can either like short-term rent out like on Airbnb or like longer-term rent out to like tenants while I travel the world and kind of get that out of my system. So I'm like, you know, we buy the vineyard in Italy now so that in eight years when I'm done traveling, the grapes will be ready. So mm, that's the key. vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, ways that I can get towards that now, you ask? <laughs> um, I can save towards student loans and investments, put the money aside for property and travel. I think we talked about this recently, how like it's really hard to save when you're saving for like no reason or just like saving because you should or because it's like the responsible thing to do. Um, So one suggestion that I had would be to like make a Pinterest dream board for what that house and like what those future travel adventures would look like because it's a lot more motivating when you actually have a picture in your head of what you're saving for because otherwise you're just kind of like, what's the point? Like it's all just sitting here and I, I could use this better now. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And then the next prompt is – with that same $1 million, you have to spend it on others. What would you do? Who do you think needs most the most help? And how can you help them without winning the money? So for me, the first thing that came to mind was helping my brothers pay off their student loans. I know that they both have loans and I know that they were raised by the same parents as me because uh, that's how siblings work. And I personally have found that I had to do a lot of learning on my own about finances and how best to go about saving to pay for student loans and allocating what money should go towards student loans versus investing for retirement and all of that stuff. And so I feel like I could um, share those findings with them uh, 
if I were not to win the money, but ideally I would be able to pay off their loans. And then I would pay off my parents' house because they do still have a mortgage payment on their house. And I would probably treat them, maybe all of us. I don't know if this counts. Maybe I wouldn't be able to go, but to a nice (laughs) vacation, (laughs) Uh, a little getaway, help them travel, help them see the world. And for those two, I feel like I could – honestly, I struggled. I'm like, I I would love to pay off my parents' house. I don't know how I'm going to do that in my current financial situation. (laughs) But I guess I could work hard at my job and uh, get – increase my earnings and then hopefully one day maybe help my parents out with paying off their house. But first I have to be able to afford a house on my own. God, gosh darn it. Yeah, I, I actually I'm looking at this and I'm like, why do I have one less line than you do? And I was like, oh, because I only wrote about what I would do. I didn't write about how I would do it. Can help now. Um, anyway, <laughs> so for me, you're so like, really. no help now. Thanks. <laughs> um, I would help my parents with retirement. I know that they're all set and they have been saving for a while, but I would help them with like a bougie retirement situation, like relocate them where they want to spend it. I know they want to be in like either Florida or like somewhere in Europe. So I would help them do that. I would help Grant with his student loans and like anyone else close in my life that was still dealing with that. Um, And then I would probably donate the rest towards like climate organizations um, because that's my line of work. In case you didn't know, I work mm. in climate change mitigation, and it's like the only. It's not true. I care about other global causes, but it's definitely. I'm like world hunger. Bye. Screw um, it. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like solving the climate crisis would have a trickle down effect on a lot of other. It would. It issues. would because a, a lot of world hunger is attributed to like incorrect distribution of food resources and the fact that we give you know viable grains that humans could eat to like cattle and if we develop alternative meats you know things like that so agree yeah yep um but yeah that's like the cause that i care most about and the one that i think has the most impending doom on us as a species so um as far as i'm gonna do that (laughs) um Yeah, I think you're like, well, I'm working climate tech. Yeah, I'm like, close enough. I'm doing my best with what I can do right now. Um, And as far as like helping with retirement and loans and stuff, I think to your point, like just working hard in the job that I have now and um, I guess like donating what I can. I don't really donate any money right now. Like I know that's a thing for like people that go to church to like tithe whatever percent of their income. And I'm like, I do not do anything like that. So I probably have a little bit of disposable income that I could like donate here and there. I would have to like look into what organizations I trust and like would want to do that with. But maybe like a little recurring monthly something. I could probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last one. Oh, also before we go to the last one, I wanted to say I didn't even think about like philanthropic ways to use that money. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you probably I was have just more like, left. Yeah, I definitely do. So I would also give to climate organizations. No, you give to the climate organizations. I'll give to World Hunger. I'll nice. solve World Hunger, and then things will be great. Yeah. Um. So what qualities are important to you in relationships and are you giving those same qualities back? So for me, I put trust, kindness and compassion, communication and quality time. Quality time is my love language if you didn't know. So I I do feel like I do my best to give those in my relationships and I think I receive those in my relationships. Um, what I will say, and this is something that I've learned a lot about myself since being in a romantic relationship is I'm very lucky. Like Zach is a really good partner and he's like so great and affirming that sometimes that little voice in my head that thinks that I don't deserve any of the good things in my life is like the other shoe's going to drop. What if I bet he's going to text you tomorrow morning and say that he hates your guts and wants nothing <laughs> to do with you. And then I spiral and read into little things that mean absolutely nothing. Um, So I I don't want to say that like I don't trust him because that's not the truth. I do trust him. It's me I don't trust. Um, Mm -hmm. And it makes it hard. I need to like really work on continuing to build my sense of self and my own self-assurance that I do deserve the good things in my life because that's something not to get deep, but that's something that I've always really struggled with is feeling very undeserving of Mm -hmm some of the good in my life and there's no need to feel that way. I'm a good person. I do my best. 
And so there's no need to be so hard on myself for the love of God. Agreed. I'm like, I unfortunately am the opposite. And I wonder why I don't get more in life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it must be nice. (laughs) No, but I actually remember talking one time. We were like on the beach somewhere and we were talking about like confidence. And we had like a similar discussion. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um. For me, what qualities are important in relationships? I put loyalty. I'm like almost to a fault. Scorpio <laughs> things. Um, mutual respect, like knowing, mm. you know, like respecting that the other person is like intelligent, can make like good decisions and and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, individuality, like keeping your own life, having your own things and whatnot and communication. So I think I'm – very loyal and I think I do well with communication, at least like in a romantic sense. Um, and especially keeping our individuality. I think like we're very good at that. Like I very much have my own yeah. hobbies that he's like not invited to and he has his own that I'm not invited to. Um, but I think one of my toxic traits that I'm trying to work on <laughs> I've talked about this a lot, how like I'm really bad about holding grudges. Um, and so I think one of the things that I do in like disagreements or like in the context of like an argument or something like that is like, I'll make like the lowest blows <laughs> or like, just like bring up like dirty laundry that like should have been settled or like felt like it was settled. And I'll be like, well, you did this. So blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like unrelated. So I'm trying to work on that because I, don't, I wouldn't like if someone did that to me, but I am pretty bad about that. So yeah, working on it. <laughs> I, 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 I've used a low blow in, oh. in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just feels good. It just slips out. It just slips out. (laughs) So, sorry. Just don't get in fights with me. That's that's your solution. Easy. Just tell me I'm right. (laughs) I usually am. Please. Please. No, just kidding. I'm self-aware. I'm just – it's for the bit, you know? Um, (laughs) So, that's the episode. The Scorpio bit. (laughs) That's the episode. I'm right. You're wrong. What is that? Where is that from? I'm right. You're wrong. Shut up. Try Guys. That's what that's called. Eugene has a series and it's called Rank King where he like – He'll invite people on. They'll rank something. Yeah. But he always goes, I'm right. You're wrong. Shut up. Live footage of Anya in an argument. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. Um, (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully we're able to get you a little bit out of your quarter life crisis. Um, Thanks to everyone that bought merch. It is on the way. You should have gotten an email. Maybe we'll do another drop if anyone missed it or is interested in the future. Let us know. Um, But with that, you can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please do it so we can get above 17% of you. We know you're out there. The other (laughs) 83% of people. Yeah. Um, Come on. Follow us on Instagram. Send us a DM about any advice that you need. And I think that's it. Yeah. And with that, we will chat with you guys next Tuesday. You gotta run to dance. So, yeah, truly. We're kind of running late. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.